That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Okay, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Dr. Dave with Dr. Michelle Pobega. What's up? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. I'll tell you more this week because we're going to share some clinical insights and and highlights from our week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But What's did, going but on with for, you? Not Well, not much. I had a busy weekend. It wasn't a relaxing long weekend. It was a very productive uh-huh. long weekend. A lot of, a lot of changes at the homesteads. I, I built a feature board and batten wall in the bedroom and got your coveralls on. And I, I, I told James, I think I need some overalls because <laughs> I'm basically now Bob Vila, or my sister likes to say Barb, Barb Vila. Um, so that's my new moniker. And then he was busy doing yard work. And then we also tackled some other rooms to just make them more functional. So it was just like a busy weekend. But I think uh, it is for it so many people, right? Like around this yeah. time of year, we chat about it. I, I had a, an awesome mentor for um, a bit. And he always said, this is like the real new year. Cause if you've got kids in school, they're going back to school. So it's a lot of, a lot of change from the, yeah. the fun yet less routine summer. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. did. We don't have kids. So instead we rallied and you make your own problems to, to, to take on the house, but it wasn't a restful weekend. Like yeah. it, I, I guess kept seeing pick people of at cottages, the last hurrah. And I'm sitting there with like paint on my face, but yeah. it was worth Barb it. Vila. Barb Vila. <laughs> okay. I have to fondly thank my sister, Alicia, for that nickname. <laughs> okay, Barb. Um, your, your other thing you do, uh, yeah. other than wearing coveralls or soon to be overalls and doing some rentals yeah. is uh, you're a naturopathic doctor. <laughs> I do also do other things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, doing a naturopathic doctor. And I had some really uh, poignant conversations with some clients within the last week or so that there's a little bit of a theme. So mm-hmm. that well, has come up. Yeah. And what we're going to do is sort of look mm-hmm. back at 
Well, I, and I do this, actually, I do this often and we, I don't think we've done any episodes. I don't think I've done any episodes like this where I just sort of look back and go, what the hell happened this week with people in the clinic? Cause it's so cool. Sometimes the things you learn or the insights you get, no matter how, you know, experienced you get, you always get, if you got the right sort of mindset, I think you always get, get new learnings new all learnings. the time. And, uh, I've thought about doing this many times, but this is the first time we're going to do it. Just sort of look back and go a couple things that, um, you know, real life clinic, either specific observations, which will be in my case, a couple of specific observations that I saw. And then Michelle has sort of, um, noticed some patterns, uh, more on the sort of bigger group level, a demographic sort of insight. Um, and then, uh, some patterns with that, which is, uh, which is really cool. So, um, let's, well, who, who's starting me or you? You. Okay. <laughs> okay. Guys, so, get ready for it. Dave is going to talk about something to do with the stomach. I know. Imagine that. <laughs> eh? <laughs> wild. Uh, crazy. It's a wild day. I know. God. <laughs> we love you. Dave. Okay. Well, listen, I had a guy come back for his follow-up. He came in a, a month ago. He, uh, he got a couple of young kids, um, drank too much booze related to that. So we've got basically one of the things he's talking about, uh, when he comes in is this, this kind of, um, pain, abdominal pain, he calls it. And it was more in the right upper quadrant. So that's like under, um, Michelle's favorite organ, the gallbladder. Is it your favorite? It's up there. Uh, the liver and the gallbladder yeah. uh, reign quite high on the list. Yeah. So he yeah. had some pain up in that area. And then uh, I'm looking at other things here, anxiety and depression. Uh, he, he wrote down his intake. So those are the main uh, complaints he's coming in with. Uh, because he drank too much, at least he was like transparent with the doctor and everything. He's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, but he, he, he felt like um, a bit aggrieved or, or whatever in the way that he was treated. Cause as soon as, he admitted to sort of drinking too much booze. Um, he was sort of labeled as an alcoholic, he felt. And, and then um, treatment sort of, or yeah, like I, I think the interactions were compromised. Let's say mm. he was being judged right. pretty hard about that. Um, unfortunate. It is. And he, I think he had, I forget, did he have ultrasound? I think he had ultrasound and it, it showed fatty liver. So then they've uh, labeled him as, alcoholic fatty liver disease said stop drinking for whatever i think he stopped for like 120 days um i think he felt better like mentally emotionally like the anxiety and depression sort of uh yeah. abated a little bit but he still had this four out of five ten four out of five four to five out of ten uh <laughs> intensity of pain I'll, yeah i'll be i'll be taking some speaking lessons later um Sharp, squeezy uh, kind of pain, aggravated by stress. Uh, prednisone relieved it. Uh, radiated to the back sometimes. Um, lasts for a couple seconds, goes away. Like I said, right hypochondrium. So not like, I don't think it floors him or complete, like completely uh, makes him incapacitated, but pretty nasty just to have all the time. Or, or now and then it would just come on. And... Uh, he said sometimes in a certain position, it would come on. So he's, he's getting all this abdominal pain. They do their investigations. They say, because you're alcoholic, stop drinking. And I, I, I don't even know if they're implicating the liver in this, you know, the abdominal pain. I think they're just like, oh, you're an alcoholic, stop drinking. We'll see what happens. And I can see some 
rationale for that as long as they right. care is good but i love that you're like i don't know if they're quite implicating the liver and i was like that's the first organ i think about <laughs> aside from just generalized maybe gut inflammation from the alcohol but like yeah and he had scarring on the intestine he had a ct scan apparently oh. he had scarring on the intestine um and he like i said he was sort of like insulted regarding the man he's a really nice guy sort of um insulted and and like i said mm-hmm. kind of aggrieved by the way he was being treated mm-hmm. um so uh like i said positions would bring it on um rumbling in the guts can happen and he's been on rabaprazole f- like for 15 years and he's only in his 30s so he's been on a proton pump inhibitor which is not going to help situation uh, probably no. in in lots of ways anyway <laughs> so sleeping anxiety well-being mental health seemed to improve he's got a super supportive uh partner and um and he's taken on the challenge of being a dad i think by trying to get better too which is always a nice sort of nice. Like, yeah um so that was our initial uh meeting and then we all i did was michelle guess guess two things that i'm I gave, oh, and he had hemorrhoids and bleeding. He had blood in the stool, which he told oh. me in the follow-up that he has no more blood in the stool. I didn't know that from the first visit, but he did. So what do you, what do you, can you imagine a couple of things I might give someone? <laughs> um, let me guess, was psyllium in there? <laughs> it was. <laughs> did he that. have any kind of bowel movement issues though? The bowels moved a lot. He said one to four times per day, but I, I think a little bit more uh, loose, like looser than, mm. than desired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I gave him GI Soothe by Cytomatrix. Shout out yes. Cytomatrix. They give us the money to bring the podcast info. Thank you. But also I just love <laughs> GI Soothe. Like we have to stock up on it more now at the office because of my increased yes. using that. Yes. Because it's just such a lovely product and it's so simple. Organic shout out to GI Soothe. They should mm-hmm. call it so- Soothe Move, maybe. Soothe Move. You know, like X-Lax with Smooth Move? Oh, God. No. Yeah, whatever. It's not my forte. Anyway. Yeah, we're um, not, we're, you're not here for naming something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and or just bad jokes. But anyway, he so he so came sil- back this psyllium <laughs> and then GI soothe. GI soothe, and that's it. And we did and- uh, visceral manipulation. Okay, I was uh, gonna so- say, I was like, let's be real, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 did a physical exam. What a crazy idea in 2022 to the do a novel, physical exam. Novel idea. It's wild, isn't it? Anyway, um, we did a physical exam and uh, we found some restrictions on the right side. Oh my God. Can you believe that? We found restrictions on the right side of the abdomen sort of where his where... pain is. Yeah. Shocking. Crazy. <laughs> Not Shocking. Crazy. Oh my God. So anyway, we did some uh, visceral releases on the right side on uh, duodenum, uh, two parts of the duodenum and uh, the right kidney, not actually liver or gallbladder, which is, you know, uh, that's the beauty of the technique too. It's not as obvious as you think sometimes, but whatever. I just followed my hands and he had some cool referrals down to his feet, up to his chest when I'm doing it. So there's, uh, it was pretty cool. But anyways, the, the cool part is the follow-up guys. Mm. Cause he comes back this week and he's like, all the pain is gone. Haven't had anything since. And it was fairly frequent. Uh, he's had no blood in the stool whatsoever. His bowel movements are looking way more formed, better color. I don't know how bad the color was before we said better. Um, and uh, yeah, like everything, everything is no more hemorrhoids, no sign of hemorrhoids since last visit. So everything improved in, 
in with very very little things and i just thought that was really um i just thought it was really cool because we didn't do that much fancy stuff mm. you know and then um the more we talked about it the more i thought i think his problem it's like he had stopped drinking it was interesting because he had stopped drinking for so long before we got together and i i made sure i like i tell him good for you man like that's the hard that's the hard work you did that yeah and all i added to it was the idea that perhaps there's a structural anatomical contributor to the way things are going and it seems like there was and i'm not saying that was the only thing i'm not saying like I'm he all also that gave that... him some things to like soothe his gi tract because there yep. was likely some residual inflammation from whether it's structural or from the alcohol damage or whatever so i think the gi soothe was a really game changer for him too absolutely and i mean and we don't know and i and i'm, I'm very transparent with people about this like i might you might have been like you know, maybe a lot of the heavy lifting was done by the GI Sooth and the cilium, but there had to be something to do with the liver because from an anatomical perspective, because it would only come on in certain positions and, and, you know, like he would put, he'd do it in certain positions. It relieves. I, I mean, listen, practitioners and people, if changes in body position change your symptoms, it's likely not just a biochemical soup problem that you're mm -hmm. dealing with. You know, the hepatocytes, themselves are probably not stretched it's the liver as a whole and the capsule and the irritation on the diaphragm or whatever that's causing the problem so those that that, that was cool with him because i think he was blaming he's feeling like shameful or whatever for having drank too much and he put himself in this position i'm like dude you did the good work getting off of it but there was something else going on too and you needed help with that and mm -hmm. uh that felt good for, I think that felt good for both of us. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he's got other... a follow-up. He's got a follow-up oh. to see if the fatty liver is still there. Oh, and interestingly, th another th point, I, I want to use this case as a point too. He had told fungus, he's a little overweight. Um, and uh, I think he has a skin tag. So, you know, we have to be careful when, when we uh, sort of give, you know, give someone an assessment that we don't look at anything else, right? Cause he's probably still got some, he might have some insulin resistance. He might have actually non-alcoholic fatty liver disease that was made worse by alcohol. So mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was an interesting thing to, to bring to this talk too. Cause he comes back and he's like, he's like, man, I feel so much better and he's super appreciative and all that. But I'm like, well, we might have some more work to do. Well, that's the beauty of like a, a proper intake. Right. And sometimes my intakes take two days, three days. Sometimes some people have a lot to unpack and they're very forthcoming with their stuff. And, uh, th that's where it's important to know the whole person as a total and to do those exams and ask the questions. And sometimes they don't realize how things are connected. So they're not forthcoming with certain symptoms, or they've just grown accustomed to having something for so long that they've forgotten that it should be a concern. And that's why it's important to, to have those one hour, an hour and a half or whatever it is that you mm -hmm. can like ask the questions, ask about stuff they didn't think they'd need to talk about, but is actually relevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I thought this one was interesting too. And even after the second visit where, which we just had this week, it was like, like I, I say, a lot of wisdom is paradoxical. You, you have to be like, you can't shame and be shame and be brutal to someone um in a really callous super callous way um but i'm not saying be like you know coddle coddle someone as if they're not have a you have to it's a it's a tough yeah tough one to balance sometimes right because he you you got to say um hey man like 
I know you drink too much and you know, you drink too much. I'm not just going to sit here and like say, don't drink too much. Come mm -hmm. on. Like, well, you're going to see a smoker and tell them stop smoking. Wow. Great insight. You know, let's talk about why you you're led to that stuff and then say, okay, that's okay. But at the same time, we've got to do something about it. So it's, it's a, that's a tough balance I find too, is yeah. like, don't label people with really shameful sort of things. It doesn't help them unless you validate where they're coming from with that. And then maybe have a, a nice way of moving forward with it. Yeah. I had a client who was older and he recently found out he had fatty liver. Oh my goodness. I feel like this is like a few weeks back now and I'm like drawing a blank on stuff, but, um, doesn't eat well drinks like six ounces of scotch every night, mm -hmm. every night, like not a couple times a week, every mm -hmm. night and smoke several cigars, mm -hmm. two to three cigars a night. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, diagnosed with COPD yeah. and found to have fatty liver. Yeah. But his doctor was kind of like, well, do you drink alcohol? He's like, yeah, blah, blah. He's like, well, I mean, like you have fatty liver. It's kind of normal as you age. It was one of those things, which, you know, I just love that statement. Um, and oh, the cigars. And so, so they kind of were like, you should probably quit smoking. And he's like, well, do I, do I have to? And he's like, well, you know, it'd probably be a good idea. But the doctors were kind of like, hum, hum, hum. Meanwhile, it's one of, you know, one of the things for COPD, yeah. if you're a smoker, you should stop. If you have fatty liver, you probably need to reduce alcohol. He yeah. came to see me and I said, okay, well, maybe having you stop. He's like, this is how I live my life. He's like, I'm 73. I'm in retirement. I want to enjoy my life. This is me enjoying my life. And I said, well, maybe we can think about a different strategy. Maybe can you drink two to four ounces of alcohol rather than six every night? Can we start there? Exactly. Can you have maybe one less cigar every night? Can we just maybe lift the burden and yeah, let's yeah, start yeah. looking at adding some good stuff back into your diet to start changing your oxidative load and all that. You know what I mean? It was one yeah. of those kinds of conversations. Cause there was, there's no way in heck that he's going to come back to my office. If I said, you have to start, you have to quit smoking and you have to quit drinking. I made sure to educate him on the implications of these choices. And yeah. I said, but maybe we can begin to just take it down a notch. <laughs> it's he wouldn't come it's back. funny. Look, it's funny. You, you bring that up. Cause I was thinking about that this week for some reason, like all these thoughts, what we get, crowded thoughts all the time well, I was thinking about like my boy and like what behaviors do I want to demonstrate uh do I want to live this life where I won't send them to a kid's house because they're gonna have birthday cake ever like how 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 militant how crazy militant do you want to be yeah. and and I I was thinking more like same along the same spirit of what you're talking about is like well maybe I won't have birthday cake all the time at home and all that but if he wants to go to a kid's house and have birth i don't want him because there's other implications of that like if mm -hmm. that doctor says either give it up or never come to me again well you, he's lost a patient the patient's no better and if you if you do what you're doing there which is kind of like a you say look like you treat him like a adult and you know this isn't good mm -hmm. but be real about it man like okay just have a yeah. little bit less and try and like yeah. try that out see how it well, goes you could tell that there was no way he was going to go cold turkey on these things but i mm -hmm. i was like i'm going to be straight with you this is having a direct impact on your of conditions of course and i said so it's i can't not tell you how these are negatively affecting your system and i yep. said but i also understand that you're probably not going to want to change these habits so i'm just going to give you the information i think is in your best interest it's really up to you to do what you want to do you're a grown man right like i literally shot, yeah. shot straight to him that way but Good. you know it's it's 
it's interesting. But then, then you have people who come to see you who they have, but for him, he was like, he wasn't bothered by the COPD. He didn't even know he had it. Like, it's not like there's anything that's affecting his quality of life. So for him, there's not enough motivation to make a big change. But when you get someone who has maybe like a cancer diagnosis, a newly autoimmune condition, and the quality of life is different. And they're like, tell me whatever, I'll get rid of the gluten. I'll do this. I'll do this. They have a different perspective on how they they want to move forward. So then you're like, fine, let's cut it out. Right. An algorithm. Perfect. for that. No, yeah. that's good. So along the same lines, I, that's what I've, I've thought with, with my, my boy now is that like, I won't be extreme, mm-hmm. but I do want to generally demonstrate the good things. I think within our own home, you can set the best example possible, yeah, yeah, exactly. but when you're out in the real world, it doesn't mean you can't have those modern indulgences. I would like to have sometimes those things too. Yeah. I would be a hypocrite. Yeah. I ate a Timbit this week. Shame. Shame. I know. I know. Oh, listen, I've been good because a few weeks ago, like my digestion got rocked and I think it was accumulation of like summer indulgences. So I've been pairing back and I was popping GI Sue's like it was my day job. And, uh, and then an osteopathic appointment, like really changed things for me. Cause I think everything was just out of sorts, which shout out to my osteopath. And then, um, it was someone's birthday at the clinic the other day, literally Tuesday three days ago, two days ago. And, um, I had like half of this, like butter tart on shortbread and some brownie and, uh, I'm not supposed to eat gluten. It's not my best friend. And I ended up getting a Caesar chicken Caesar salad from the place next door. Cause I wasn't smart and packed a lunch. And I just ended yeah. up eating the croutons. Usually I pick them out yeah. and let me tell you the next day, my digestion, she was angry. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could just enjoy those from time to time, but my body still, I think just, it still hasn't recovered from the summer of indulgences. So it's just, yeah. And, and again, the same, we can apply the same sort of spirit of this conversation. Like I might be able to get away with that. Yeah. You know, I don't notice massive changes if I do that. Now I don't want to eat all the glutens all the time. All the glutens. (laughs) I do. I want the bread. Give me the bread. I don't even care well, about the I sweets. do love I it. Just, I just want focaccia bread and sourdough and olive oil. You can't say focaccia. I, we, uh, like, I love it. I love it too. But like, I yeah. don't, you know, we, you, I would treat you and me differently based on yeah. that. And I, I think that's what we're getting at here. And I think it's also depending on where you're on your stage of healing. Like right now, my body feels like it's still in an acute phase of healing. This is not the time to start clearly introducing even a small amount. But if you talked to me six months ago, a small amount didn't affect me. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. I was in a better place. So, so even within the same person, it can change over time. Voila. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about? You said you had this sort of like general, uh, general perception of, of some, uh, demographic groups and, and what you were yeah. seeing. There was, okay. So I had a client this week. It was her second appointment. She has chronic constipation. And when her, in her initial visit, she was like, I'm kind of the girl that's like, I'm in go, go, go mode all the time. I'm that person. And then she shared a bunch of stuff that happened where it required a lot more of her attention in addition to a demanding job and familial issues. And she became the person to have to juggle all the plates. But I think she partly brought that on herself. Um, and then in this today's, uh, yesterday's appointment, I think it was yesterday, she came in for her second appointment and we had some follow-up testing before like microbial things and food sensitivities and, um, some cool stuff to tell me about her conductivity, which tells me like how much stress her body is under. And, um, 
And then we got to talk about a few other things like her sleep, which you didn't get a chance to talk to on the first appointment and how she wakes up several times a night, um, one to four times every night. And sometimes Ugh. it's hard to fall back asleep Terrible. because her, she's like, sometimes I just wake up and I'm thinking about what I have to do the next Terrible. morning. And I was like, Ooh, and, uh, I gave her some psyllium. I gave her castor oil packs, which she apparently loves doing. And I was like, here, here. Awesome. Um, I gave her lemon water with salt in the morning, which she says she finds like really wakes her body up and she feels so much better after drinking that. And I switched out her magnesium because she was taking magnesium oxide only after she'd been constipated for a few days and couldn't have a bowel movement, but then it would come out like mass. So mm-hmm. I change it to a bisglycinate. And I said, but you're going to take it every day rather than just as needed and see mm-hmm. if we can start creating some more momentum. The quality of her poops are better, but the frequency was still skipping several days sometimes. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's okay. And I expected there'd be a slight better improvement beyond just that. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and then it came down to the discussion of talking about her, her, her personality traits and her characteristics and how she's a little bit type A. She gets like anxious if her kitchen's not clean and she has to clean it right away. She doesn't know how to delegate tasks because if she delegates to someone in the house and it's not done in the time frame she would want it or exactly the way she would want it done, then it actually just bothers her. So she just ends up doing it herself. So she creates a lot more work for herself. And then I, and then we were talking about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic response and how it's, if you're constantly in that stress and vigilant and survival mm-hmm. mode and always attack mode and go, go, go mode, we're not nourishing things from a digestive perspective because we're not in our parasympathetic response. So there's a big conversation about that and connecting it to her sleep and the fact that she's waking up several hours a night because she's buzzing. And then, um, those control do you think part of it's like a yeah i think thing? so and then i was saying how um you know the large intestine in traditional chinese medicine is the, also the organ of letting go and then and i said so i can't help you necessarily facilitate the psychological side of things the mental emotional energetic and the psychological side of things we can work on the physical side but it's having the conversation of the physical body is often going to be a reflection of those other facets of who you are, because that also affects your nervous system and how your body shows up for you. Cause if you look at like quantum psychology and stuff, or like Joe Dispenza and whatever, it's like your emotions have a vibrational print, which then affects your thoughts, which affects your reactions and actions in the world and puts you in a stress spot or not stress spot. But also Mm -hmm. just those emotions themselves have a vibrational impact on how your cells then vibrate. Cause everything is just molecules vibrating guys and everything just affects everything else. So, um, we were having those types of conversations and, uh, I said, it's going to be, I think your biggest, your, your biggest, um, support for you healing is going to be working with someone or working somehow through where the idea that you had to be a perfectionist at everything you do, where the idea of making sure everything's cleaned, that you can't let go, that everything, you know, that you have to take it all on. Cause I feel like, and we brought it down to like this idea of like women, I find a lot of women have these tendencies too. Mm -hmm. And it's being a good girl, being a good girl is done by the book. It's done like this. It's done on time. And it's, it's this good girl mentality that's drilled in us when we're really, really little. Um, and that's transgenerational. That's generational too. Like my mom, my bakja, if you weren't a good housewife, then, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and I was like, you might have to find someone to help you unpack that. Cause it's deep because her constipation has been for most of her life. 
And I was Mm -hmm. like, your ability to surrender and let go and just be okay is probably going to be your biggest point when things really shift for you physically, because your physical self will follow that. Mm-hmm. And I find that's a big deal for a lot of women with, with gut health stuff because they, inter- they internalize it, right? They internalize everything. And the worrying is going to affect stomach and gallbladder. Suppressed anger is going to affect your liver from a traditional Chinese medicine perspective. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's interesting. Like uh, the large intestine and and the sleep and anxious control or just like modern woman, a lot of like, let's just say, um, one extreme of the, the difficulties or, or, uh, stressors for the modern woman. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I thought there's two in my, f- I can think of like two people in my family. I can think of, there was at least, was there two others, two, it was at least four women I could think of that were like, they're all kind of, uh, let's, let's say <clears throat> thin or like n- average weight. No, none of them overweight. Uh, uh, very high energy, high sort of like, uh, that they, they say they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And they like things tidy and they like yeah. to keep they're on they're, you know, because there's good sides of these things too. Absolutely. Right. Like, right. So, and then they're, and they're kind of like either warriors because they're so busy because I tell them they're good at being awake. You know, you're not as good at being asleep. So they have issues with sleep. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they, two of them, like two or three of them, had issues with um, actual like mega colon or, or uh, which is a great word. Um, <laughs> like where like stool actually would get stuck because it wouldn't, because the they're under so much like fight or flight or stress or whatever yeah. based on their, their perceptions and emotions and all that stuff that they, they actually, uh, the gut doesn't get to rest and digest very much. So mm-hmm. two or three of them, I forget had, um, issues with uh, mega colon or tortuous colon, which is another great term that you'll see on radiological reports. Uh, and then I think one had to have emergency resection of, of a part of her colon. So it was it's, a pattern that one you're talking about there was a pattern. Uh, I've, I've seen too. It's interesting. People who have more constipation, they're not, uh, it's not always, it's not always guys, but I'm do I do see it enough to see a bit of a pattern yeah, where there's this perfectionist or they can't let go where they're warriors. So they don't know how to let warriors, go of those stressors, things, but they're doers. also they get anxious. Yeah. Yep. Do, she, she was the initial visit self-proclaimed go, go, go. Yeah. Right. And she's very put together, loves her yeah. job, but her job's high demanding, but she's an overachiever and she has to get yeah. it right and stuff. And I said, being goal setting and being good at what you do is fantastic, but it can't take over where it becomes yeah. a concern, a concerning attribute and it affects your quality of life and your health. And then she actually teared up in the office yesterday. She was like, Oh my God, she's like, you totally hit it on the head. So we decided, even though she's got the the constipation and the bloating. And I said, first of all, if you're not sleeping, I don't know how much luck we're going to have with actually healing because you need to sleep for your body to repair and heal. And if you're buzzing and you're constantly in a fight or flight state, because also you're not sleeping, then that's going to be a limiting factor for your body to fully heal. So we gave her something to bring her cortisol down at night to help her sleep. 
I also asked her to wake up and take 10 minutes because she usually turns her computer on at 630. She's like, I'm online at 630. And then I take an hour break to go to yoga class at like nine o'clock. And I said, so you wake up at like six, six thirty, and you turn your computer on. I said, it's not having it anymore. You're going to take your water outside. You're going to go ground yourself. You're going to go put your bare feet on the grass. You're going to find some sun and you're going to recharge yourself first thing in the morning and reset your circadian rhythm. Um, and then I sent her to an osteopath as well, because that also cool. helps the parasympathetic nervous response, Absolutely. your vagus nerve. And if she's had longstanding constipation, I want to make sure that the blood flow and the innervation to her colon is being properly communicated with, or that there's nothing structural or stuck or adhesions or anything else that could be limiting function in that area. So, and I said, I know we want to work on the bloating and microbial stuff showed up in your, in your testing. And I said, but can we wait to get to that, to the next appointment? And I said, because I don't feel comfortable going at your body in an aggressive detoxification mode when what it really it's burnt out. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think that's your best strategy. And because of the explanation, she was like, and she broke into tears. She was like, no, I get it. She's like, I'm good with this. And she immediately signed up to awesome. go see the osteopath and everything. And, um, she's, off, she's is a great, that's a great, uh, referral, I think. And because when, mm -hmm. when I do a good visceral, uh, like if I do a good treatment on someone, they invariably, feel like falling asleep and relaxed and they get up yes. like, oh, I feel good. Yes. And, and so it is impacting their nervous system and, and mm -hmm. uh, women like that, mm -hmm. but, well, not just women, everyone uh, in, in those sort of situations often will do well with like some body yep. work like that. Our, our osteopath likes to do visceral work as well. So that's why I'm awesome. really thankful that she's there. But for that same reason, I was like, this is a, you've taken care of a lot of people and you juggle a lot of plates. This is like yeah. a moment for you to just chill. Yeah. Just have someone do something good for you. And she was yeah. like, okay. She was like cool. fully on board. So that was, that was a, that was a good little moment, a breakthrough, yeah. you know, cause like, you know, I've mentioned this before. Good Dave, she met you like, yeah. like, when you get a little bit of a, <clears throat> a response, like an emotional response like that, that catharsis can be really, really, uh, mm -hmm. you've just helped, mm -hmm. you know, transform some weight. Yep. And know? I said, you know, we can discuss options for a therapist or I don't know, whatever modality, whether it's energetic work or spiritual or like psychotherapy or counseling or whatever, we can yeah. discuss those options at the next appointment. I said, let's start with actually like down-regulating your nervous system with some osteopathy and getting some better sleep. And then we can talk about you maybe doing the deeper work at a later date. Cause yes. I was like, that's going to be important as well, but you can't throw everything at people all the time. She already juggles a million plates. Like I can't. Actually, <laughs> like, Michelle, no. I, we didn't, we didn't talk about this to talk about this. We didn't, like <laughs> have, but, but I, that's one thing I realized this week. That was a realization this week of what you just said there. And it's something I struggle with a lot is that you want everything you want to do everything but you can't do everything and it forces you to do what is most important, I guess, at, yeah. at that point in time. And, that, and that's what you did there. And yeah. it takes a while to learn that, I guess, but it, it really was about prioritizing things yeah. and then also articulating that to her. So she understood why my choice wasn't to just go in blasting the parasite yeah. or the bacteria right away. Yeah. And do biotherapeutic drainage and do, you know, this and do this and do that. You can do, and you're going to get, um, just overwhelmed. And what at does that end, person at need? End, yeah. Not at the end of the stuff. day, I was like, we're going to get the job done, but I don't, I want to do the right thing at the right time. And I don't want to jump too many steps ahead. Cause that might not be advantageous for you. And she was like, okay, cool. Um, thankfully she was quite understanding and on board and on the same page, but yeah.
Awesome. I've got, um, is, is that sort of a good end of that part of our, yeah, there was one more that I had really quick. I'm going to wrap. I'm just going to say it really quickly yeah, before go. you go into your example. There was another one that I've seen and this is often a common theme with oh, women is this as the, well. Is with this the, the good, microbial? The good, yeah. yeah the, okay. good girl, the good girl theme and the people pleaser theme. The people pleasers I find tend to not have good boundaries. They don't have healthy boundaries when it comes to people taking advantage of their kindness <laughs> and how much they're willing to give for the sake of others, meanwhile, exhausting themselves. And uh, there's there tends to be, I mean, obviously I attract a lot of people who have digestive health issues and they're coming to see me because they want to work on parasites and whatever, but a lot of them have healthy boundary issues. And a part of me wonders, I was like, if you don't have strong boundaries with how much you're willing to give of yourself and allow other people to take, then that also allows energetically pathogens to probably be more attracted to you because you're just give, 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 and they take, 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 that's what they want. So if you don't have healthy boundaries that emotionally and energetically also puts you in a position that maybe physically makes you vulnerable. And I've seen a little bit of that, um, with regards to people who have microbial and parasite, especially parasites, parasitic overgrowth. There's this like, not, not good at healthy boundaries, which I just found interesting. Yeah. Uh, boundaries are, uh, best analogy I heard, uh, was cause boundaries, you don't, you don't want like nothing coming through and you don't want too much coming through. And you can think mm -hmm. of that like with leaky gut. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, Denise Renson, she's like a kind of, I don't know. She's got like a real kind of like, she's from another planet. It seems like she, um, naturopath who does a whole bunch of other stuff. And I, I don't know Denise so well. I just, I've seen some of the stuff. She's kind of like a poet and she's on another level in some ways. And she, mm. she made the analogy of just like the cell membrane is a great idea of like a good boundary. You let in the things that are, you know, supposed to come in and you like, mm -hmm. so you, you have to have some boundaries, but it's not like an, it's not like an armor where no. nothing gets in and nothing exchanges because yeah. you're supposed yeah. to sample your environment. So, I don't know. I just, I find that analogy a really good one for boundaries. You need it. Mm -hmm. um, but, and they constantly need to be reevaluated and reinforced and, and reinforced and, and yeah, exactly. Right. So I just, oh. I just found that was interesting where some people who are just people pleasers. Yeah. And you could look at that with bugs in your guts too, like to relate to what you're, that's just it. About. Like they yeah. want, they want to feed and you feed them yeah. just like people who are, some people are givers, some people are takers. And the people pleasers are givers. So they tend to attract a lot of people who are takers yeah. in their actual lives. And then I was like, well, that's also happening in your gut microbiome too. You're attracting yeah, yeah. the stuff that's just going to consume you. Yeah, right. Cool. So yeah. Anyways, go on, on, okay. to, on to yours, Dave. On to my last one. My last one's just, it's kind of, um, it's, I guess it's more for the practitioners out there who see people with guess what stomach problems. Hey, there it is. I thought you were going to lead with this one. And then you threw me for I was a gonna, lead. I was going to, but I'll just leave it as a, a short and sweet one. I had a, I've been seeing this pattern recently where I was thinking, cause I use the two remedies I use homeopathic remedies that I use uh, with fairly good reliability for effects on the stomach uh, where I know there's some stomach symptoms and I use them in clinic so that the person gets an experience of how they work in clinic. Mm -hmm. The order I usually do them in is I give Robinia first. And then I, if that does not work, I give Natrium Carbonicum. What I'd notice is that oh, a lot of my people that I'm giving Robinia 
too, and it's not helping, but the carbon natrium carbonicum was helping. I had a suspicion that they, they had um, more frequently had some hiatal hernia. Mm. And I had a, I had a woman come in uh, this week. I had done the same thing with her. I'd given her Robinia. It actually aggravated, uh, made her like kind of like burpy and, and whatever, when I gave it to her within five, 10 minutes. So mm. I said, okay, sorry about that. Let's move on. And we'll give you natrium carbonicum again in office. And that one settled, seemed to help. And she continued to use it. And it helps her with this. She's got this horrible retching. She'll retch to the point that she vomits. Oh, that's yeah. not pleasant. It's, no, it's not. And um, she's had gut issues for quite a long time. She's had, uh, oh man, like what else has she had? She's had uh, sort of anal leakage and a whole bunch of like bowel stuff, which um, yeah, like bad reflux, uh, anal leakage, like bad stuff. Like it's it, it really, really affecting quality of life big time as you can probably imagine it would. Um, but after, um, let me see what this was. Yeah, she, so we did, uh, we did some visceral manipulation, obviously, and she, it, there was no more puking, less reflux, but still coughing a fair bit. And um, so she came back again. I think this is our third visit. Um, and, and she came back with some, uh, I believe it was some imaging uh, results showing that she had a hiatal hernia. And so mm-hmm. this, this, I said to her, I said, look, you, you are the person that has helped me realize that this remedy may be able to help a lot of people with hiatal hernia, which is strange because it's a, it's a anatomical structural issue that we're using arguably an energetic influence to affect. Now right? that we're makes using- me think of another client. You know what I was using? I think I had her test drive Robinia and I haven't had a follow-up with her yet because I don't see her in clinic. I see her yeah. virtually, yeah. but now I think I might need to try, if that didn't work, then I'm going to switch to that carb and see. Yeah, try that card. I mean, so it's you, like eight bucks. Like, what do we want to I know. Lose? And it, what's really cool, for, again, for practitioners, or if people are out there and they're like, I have a hiatal, because hiatal hernia treatment uh, essentially sucks. Um, you know, you're, <laughs> you're going to, you're probably going to get a proton pump inhibitor, uh, which it means you're using a, a biochemical intervention, like a, uh, like a drug for a structural problem. And the, and the drug has lots of, implications side effects osteoporosis increased gi uh increased gi uh infections and a whole slew of other things that are not so hot or if it's extremely bad and i've never seen anyone get it but they i guess if it's horrific like if a hiatal hernia is horrific i bet they would only do it if it's a a paraesophageal hiatal hernia i don't know they will do surgery but it's such a i mean surgery on the diaphragm man that's some deep that's some deep stuff. So generally you're going to get a proton pump inhibitor for a structural anatomical problem, which doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to me. Um, so no. if you're in that case, if you're mm-hmm. one of those people and you know, you have a hiatal hernia or suspect it, um, $8 natrium carbonicum 30 C might be a good gamble. Question for you, because you do you do do the visceral work. I do do. Do do. <laughs> child. I'm always a child deep at heart. Um, can, is there work that you can do to help a hernia structurally with visceral? Like, I, I guess if yeah, it's not, it if it's not aggressive, can you actually reposition things? It does help uh, with. Does it help long term? 
or is yes. it like short-term help? Well, so long-term, it depends on your, your definition, I guess, of long-term. Like <laughs> I've had some people who've done extremely well with one or two treatments okay, cool. uh, focused on hiatal hernia. Mm-hmm. Now th- this was really cool though, too. There's, um, I was looking at, I was looking up like other stuff to do for it. And, uh, I saw in NDNR, you know, uh, NDNR.com. Well, in 2009, uh, Steven Sandberg Lewis, he's a ND actually, he's a, he's actually (laughs) interestingly, I should give this guy a call. He's also a DHANP, which means I believe it's a, it's like a homeopathy. It's a sort of post ND homeopathy certification. Okay. So, so he, and he wrote about, uh, this kind of visceral manipulation, um, in NDNR for hiatal hernia. And I highly recommend everyone check it out. Uh, who's a naturopath because, um, it, because it's good. It gives you, it gives you some of the, um, clinical picture of hiatal hernia, which is really good. So fatigue, he, some of these are more, more likely to be problematic or more pathognomonic or, or directly indicative of hiatal hernia. And some of them are more like downstream results of it, but here's one thing, or here's a few of them, shallow thoracic, uh, breathing, the globus sensation. So that's that feeling in the throat that I always find with stomach issues, uh, dysphagia. So problems swallowing chest depression, reflux, stitching chest pains. I get this. I'm pretty sure I have a hiatal hernia, but I haven't had the imaging, um, stitching chest pains, probably around T10 Mm. area regurgitation, uh, aversion to constriction on the waist, um, tickling non-productive po- uh, cough, um, and a spare tire sort of bulge just below the inferior margin of the ribs. I don't know if that's as indicative, but I think, uh, the stitch, the stitching chest pains is, and reflex and regurgitation, obviously, uh, those are really, those, you really have to start thinking about hiatal hernia. So, but I know, uh, I know like it depends on how aggressive it is. If it's really severe, then maybe manipulation can alleviate it, but maybe not fully. I don't know. That's, that's what, what I've been well, told by a different osteopath once before a long time ago. Yeah. Was like, I want to see, I want to see an imaging to see how severe it is. Cause I may or may not have the skill set to actually, but I also think that there's a lot that can be done still with visceral manipulation and osteopathic work, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would say um to still support that. I would say well what his his article on hiatal hernia syndrome in NDNR is good because it gives you like very very like <clears throat> stepwise sort of stuff you can do to try yeah. and treat it, which is great. What I'll say is a more as someone who appreciates maybe the purest the the more purest osteopathic work. Yeah. Um the hiatal hernia may not be the, the primary structural problem may not actually be there. It might be somewhere else. And that's when it gets confusing. Like if I look at what we did with this patient, we actually, we did a little bit of work on the stomach, but the, we did more on the sigmoid the first time and it had great, great benefit. And that's the um, thing. It might not be the organ we think it is. And like you yeah, and I were even talking about, and my, even my osteopath was talking about the fact that, uh, um, burping it could be esophageal thing it could be a stomach thing it could be a liver gallbladder thing and it could you were even saying it could be the liver that is like just slightly shifted so then it's causing some something different on the diaphragm and then the stomach and that causes this and this like we people forget how how connected everything in that yeah have cavernous inside your torso is right like yeah so it's not it's, always exactly the organ we think it is 
No. And another one I noticed, like you just said the liver. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I, one of the, I think, was it that guy that I was talking about? I'm not sure who it was. There's someone this week that they have, they have symptoms that uh, present on, Oh, it was that, it was that woman I was going to talk about. She, she had some stomach symptoms. So when I do percussion and all that, it looked like it was coming from the stomach. That's where the more tenderness is, but I'm pretty sure it was the lesser omentum, which connects the liver and the stomach. So the liver is actually what I ended up treating and, and the, and the lesser omentum, which, which pulled the stomach out of place. And remember the stomach's just more of like a whiny bitch of an organ, right? It just gives you more. It just gives you, it's, it's, well, it's hollow and it's more like you could say it's that vagus nerve innervation there. Like it's just kind of, it's primed to whine and mm. give you hell. Mm. Um, whereas the liver's like kind of like bulky and solid and yes, it's got, you know, vagal innervation. It's just different. Mm. And, and the liver can, boss the stomach around a bit so we released the uh we released the connection between them that seemed to be a big thing for oh and by the way she had uh yeah she's the one who i was telling you had gallbladder issues and the lesser momentum that's where you got your you got lots going through in that lesser momentum right you got the portal triad and a whole bunch of other stuff so that that physical constriction in that area seemed to lead to a lot of hell yeah it's all connected give them hell free them from their hell so yeah so natrium carbonicum if you suspect hiatal hernia is probably worth the ten dollar uh the ten dollars that it may cost dope yeah hot tips here at that naturopathic podcast hey yo (laughs) (laughs) okay i think i think that's i think that's it for today no that's, that's enough hot tips for one week Okay, Michelle, uh, keep uh, keep doing your thing as Barb Vila and as a naturopathic doctor, and uh, we'll get together next week and talk about the the latter persona. Excellent. I look forward to this. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye, everyone. <laughs>